So I got a question for us to start off with, and it's just simply this. Can anything good come from the pandemic? And let's be honest, I'm not the only one asking this question. Can anything good come from the pandemic? I know that recently uh, many of you are very frustrated, you're upset, you're at home watching online, there are reasons for you to be frustrated, Uh, there are things that you're used to doing that you no longer can do. I know know that for me, my, my son went from being unemployed to being underemployed, now unemployed again. I know that my wife is awaiting word every day as to whether or not she's going to be deployed into the hospitals. I know that there are different struggles that, uh, that we have gone through as a family, but I know that I'm not alone in all of this. I know that you're asking this question too, because anything good come from the pandemic, there are many in our congregation who have walked through very difficult times. People who are still struggling, some of you maybe even watching today who have COVID-19. We have an individual from a Coopersville campus who has been on a vent in ICU in Grand Rapids. We have people who are struggling, people who are seeing loved ones pass. It's been a struggle. And no wonder we're asking a question like this. Can anything good come from a pandemic? I hope that throughout the day today, I can, I can answer that question, or at least in part, answer that question. See, what this pandemic has taught us is that we've become accustomed to, comfortable with, and even numb to our world around us and the way that we used to live, right? Not that we didn't have tough times before, not that we didn't go through tough times, but never were we in it with everybody else in the world. There were times when we could say, oh, I'll get through this or I'll get over this. This is only for a season. And yet, it didn't last this long for a season. And it wasn't that everyone in the globe, around the globe was going through the same thing that we were going through. And so we become accustomed, comfortable, and numb. And so when those things that we were used to are taken away, our world is completely changed. And we have to reevaluate and figure out, well, what is it that we're learning from all this? In the chat room, if you will, write this down. Or maybe just if you're sitting with people in your living room, answer this question. What do you miss the most since this pandemic began? It might be something simple. It might be something very profound for you. But what is it that you're missing? What was it that was so comfortable that you were accustomed to in your life that is now either gone or completely changed? You see, all of us have things that uh, are different for us. We've learned that what was normal, what was simple, what was accepted, what was understood by most in our culture was not the reality. When, when the pandemic hit and things got peeled back, if you will, uh, we began to see that our world actually looked a little bit different. There were people around us who had different personalities, different ideas, different beliefs, and different struggles that we just didn't see because, well, we were doing okay. You know, the church... This is true of the church as well. There was an acceptance, a normality, something that was comfortable for us. We would gather together on Sundays. It was just something that we did. And now that has been taken away. If you were with us a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Pete talked about how, you know, it's like a chess game and and, uh, the queen has been taken off the board. Our gathering together on Sundays, that has been changed, and and we're wrestling with, uh, what do we do with all of that? Because as a church, oftentimes we became preoccupied with just what was normal, what was accepted. 
We were preoccupied by programs and services in the church. And all this pandemic has kind of peeled back the curtain and shown us that while we were filling our lives with programs and ideas and services, that there was a group of people out there who did not know Christ. There's people around us all over the place who don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So I want you also in the chat room to think about this question. How many unchurched people do you have a relationship with? Now this isn't to make you feel guilty. This isn't to kind of put pressure on you. I'm just simply asking the question. If you were to think right now and you could name them by name, what would your answer be? Is it somewhere around zero to 10? Is it 11 to 20, 21 to 30? Is it more? Think about the people that you have a relationship with and how many of those people do you know who are unchurched? You see, in our culture here in West Michigan, it is quite unique. We, we have in this area of West Michigan, we have quite the churched background, this normalcy, if you will, of going to church. People have become accustomed to this in our culture. Christianity played a large role. In 1847, uh, there were Christians from Holland, from Netherlands, who were seeking religious freedom, and they moved to this area. And in 1847, they started the cities of Holland and Zealand. It's where they had come from, so they named it. Many of them moved to the Grand Rapids area, influencing the city that's there. Many, if not all, were Protestants who were coming to the States because they were persecuted in the Netherlands. And they wanted to create a Christian culture. And they did. They, they started the Reformed Church of America and the Christian Reformed Church. You have colleges, uh, Hope College. You have Calvin. You have Cornerstone. You have this influence of this background that's in this area in West Michigan. To this day in Ottawa County, there are 104 Reformed churches and only 11 Catholic. That's pretty significant. There's something embedded in this culture that seemed to normalize this idea that everybody is a Christian and that we all go to church. We didn't ask for this, but many of us have grown up in this area, and so we just normalize that this is what the community is like. And why do I share all this? Because when you build on that foundation, it normalizes and you begin to assume or become numb to people who are different than you are. You imagine that this is the way of life for everyone, that you get up on Sundays, that you go to church, you go to church that you know people who are churched, and you become numb to this idea that there are others who don't have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But the reality, when we peel back the curtain, is much different. There are more than 30,000 unchurched people in the Tri-Cities area, more than 6,000 in Coopersville, and more than 120,000 unchurched in Muskegon County. They say the stats are that only 30% of those in Muskegon County are connected to a church. Now, what surprises you most about that? Are those numbers higher are they lower than what you thought? In the chat room, just put, this is what I'm surprised about. What do those numbers mean to us? Those are people behind those numbers. Now, if you're an unchurched person, if you haven't come through the doors of a church in years except for a funeral or a wedding, 
Or maybe on Christmas and Easter and you would consider yourself kind of an unchurched person and you're watching today and you've made it this far, congrats, because you have just upped the stats for those who are the unchurched in our community. You are now connected. But you also know how different it has felt for you being unchurched, being in a community like this in West Michigan where people think that you believe what they believe. They assume that you have the same beliefs, but you don't feel accepted. You feel an outcast. What this pandemic has taught the church is that the church has normalized what we thought church was all about, but in reality, we have forgotten or have forsaken what it should be about. We've forgotten that the church was not made for us followers, but we, the church, were made for others. Can anything good come from the pandemic? I think the answer is yes. And here's the answer. I think that the good that can come out of pandemic is that the curtains can be peeled back. And church, we can now see what God sees, that there are those in our community who have an opportunity to find a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can anything good come from the pandemic? Yes. I believe people can find Jesus. There's a story of Jesus calling his first disciples in John chapter 1. It starts out this way. It says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Now, Jesus had met John, Andrew, now Philip, and Peter the day before. They had all met Jesus and had become followers of Jesus. Their world was turned upside down. What they thought was normal was no longer normal. The purpose they had completely changed. Jesus had called them to follow him and their world was changing dramatically. There was something supernatural that was going on, something exciting that was happening and they wanted to be a part of it with Jesus. And so Philip, immediately goes. It says, Philip found Nathanael, his friend, and said, I, we found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about the one whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So he tells him, hey, I think we found the one. I think this guy, Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the one we've been expecting that's gonna bring about God's salvation. But Nathaniel asked this question, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? You see, his, his culture, his acceptance was that Nazareth was a small place. It was just normalized, that there wasn't anything significant that was coming out of this place called Nazareth. And so he asked the question, can anything good come from there? Well, we know now that the answer is yes, it's Jesus. But Philip simply says, or, or, yeah, Philip says to Nathaniel, well, why don't you just come and see Philip? Why don't you just check him out? Come with me and encounter Jesus for yourself. And so he does. And when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Now, I love the play on words here because Jesus is taking a passage from the Old Testament. There was a young man named Jacob who was a deceiver. He tricked his brother, he lied to his father, he tricked his father-in-law, he deceived many people until one day God got a hold of his life, touched him and changed him. 
and gave him the name Israel, one who struggles with God. And what Jesus says here of Nathanael is, here comes an Israel in whom there's nothing of Jacob. There's no deceit. And so Nathanael's confused. He says, how do you know me? He asked. He's never met Jesus before. He's never encountered him before. He's only heard of Jesus. He's thinking, how do you know about me? How can you know about my character? And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. It's a simple statement. It doesn't mean much to us. Jesus simply says, I saw you while you were under a fig tree. But what he's saying to Nathaniel is, Nathaniel, I knew you before you knew me. I knew all about you. I've seen you. I know everything that you struggle. I know the questions that you have. I know about your character. Nathaniel, I know you. And he's taken aback by this. So much so that Nathaniel declares right there on the spot, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. (laughs) Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You're going to see greater things than that. Nathaniel is so moved by Jesus in this moment. Because Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, most of us wouldn't think anything of that. You know, if we, if we introduce someone to Jesus and he said, I saw you while you were at Walmart before you came to me, right? We wouldn't think anything of that conversation. But we know something by this text. There was something that was happening in Nathaniel's life before he ever came to Jesus, there was something that was going on internally, externally, something that was happening that when Jesus said, I see you, I know you, Nathaniel realized that he was the son of God. He was the one he was looking for all along. There's two things about this passage that we learn about God or that reveal to us about God. The first is this, he knows us and he loves us before we even know him. Before we even knew Jesus, he was at work in our lives. I remember when I came to Christ in 1982. But when I look back at that date, I can think back and I can think of the times when I, before I came to receive Jesus as my Savior. I look back and I go, oh, but I know he was leading me here. He was protecting me here. There was a conversation with someone here. Even before I came to know Jesus, he was moving. He knew me. I imagine most of us who have come to Christ could say the same. And here's the second. He is at work in our lives even though we don't see it. He is at work even though we don't see it. If you've been a follower of Jesus, you can probably look back like I have and and you can see the times that God was moving. Maybe just put in the chat room, like, I, I remember when this was happening. This is what God did in my life before I came to know Christ. But for For Nathaniel, what Jesus did in that moment is he revealed to him, Nathaniel, I know you, I love you, and I've been at work in your life that has led to this point. Is there anything good that can come from the pandemic? Yes, I believe that people can find Jesus. And here's why. Because even when you don't see it, God is working. 
Even when you don't see it, God is working. Even when we are frustrated with the pandemic, even though we are frustrated with all the changes, there is something that God is doing as he's peeling back that curtain and he's showing us, the church, that he is at work in our lives. He is at work in the lives of thousands around us. And he invites us to be a part of what he is doing in their lives. Just recently, one of the missionary families that we support in the Middle East, and I can't mention their name because of security issues, but they were communicating that uh, during the pandemic because they had come to the States, had come back to the States right when the pandemic hit, and they were trying to get back to the Middle East to home, to their ministry that they've been doing for, for years. And there was movement that was going on while they were present. God was doing some amazing things through their ministry, but now they were stuck in the States and they didn't know what to do. They had very little communication and all they could do was pray. And so they prayed. Every day they prayed. Even though they couldn't see what was going on, even though they couldn't be a part of what was going on, they just continued to pray. And then this fall, recently, they were able to go back home, back to the mission field, and what they found was exciting. While they were gone, one of the young disciples that they had, had been reaching out to another man that they were praying for. And now we'll call him Amir, not to use his real name. And Amir is a devout Muslim, and he was given an Injil, which is the Gospels, the stories of Jesus in Arabic. And he hid it in his house because he didn't want his family to know that he had it. And what they discovered is all during this pandemic, early in the morning, around three o'clock in the morning, God had been waking him up. And Amir had been getting up, finding that hidden Injil, opening it up, and discovering Jesus. Even when you don't see it, even when you can't necessarily be there for it, God is working. He is moving in our midst. If you are a follower, as I said, you know what this looks like. You can look back and you can go, oh, I, I, saw, I saw God do this in my life. I saw God do that in my life. Before I ever came to know him, I can see where he was moving. I also believe that if you're watching today and you are not a follower of Jesus, that you know what this looks like. The fact that you found this service today, the fact that someone invited you to participate, to watch this service, the fact that you have stayed on this long, you can look and you can see the things in the last couple of weeks, months, maybe years that has been leading. And you could say, well, there was a prompting here and I felt this, this something in my heart here I was emotional at this point in time. I've got questions that I feel like have been answered and it's all been leading. And you know what it's like to have God working in your life. Even though you have yet to make a decision for Christ, you know what that looks like. You know that God loves you and he knows you. And he wants you to join him in this supernatural journey that he has us on as the church as followers of Jesus Christ. And so I simply want to ask this morning, for those of you who are watching who may not be a follower of Christ, here's my question for you. What is keeping you from making that decision today? What is keeping you from doing the same thing that Nathaniel did? Simply accepting that Jesus loves you, that he knows you, that he died for you, and that he wants you to follow him. 
So in the chat room, I believe on both of the main site and on the Facebook, they're gonna post a prayer and I'm just gonna pray this prayer. And if you today wanna pray this prayer and say the same thing that Nathaniel did, yes, you are the son of God and invite him into your life, I just invite you now to pray this prayer together with me. Jesus, I believe that you are God's son. I believe you died for my sins and rose again. I believe that you have been working in my life. I believe you love me more than I can imagine. I want you to forgive me for my past and come into my life as Lord and help me to follow you. Amen. Man, if if you prayed a prayer like that, maybe you just simply prayed a prayer to say, I give up, Lord, I follow you. If you did that today, before you shut your computer, before you close your phone, here's what I want to challenge you to do. You need to tell at least one person. We would love it if you would share with us. Go to the main site on our main page, and there's a, there's a button that says connect. Click that button. There, there's a place you can tell us, I, I made this decision for Christ today. We want to come alongside of you, just like Philip came alongside of Nathaniel. We want to encourage you. We want to be a part of this journey together with you. Even when you don't see it, God is working, church. For those of us who are followers, we have become often preoccupied with what we think the church is about. We may be frustrated at being online today, and I'm glad you stuck with it. We may be frustrated the pandemic has taken away our normal and replaced it with something new. We may be struggling with finding hope in the midst of chaos, but I want to remind us today that even when we don't see it, God is working. He is moving. So I asked some of, our, some of my friends this week if they would share a story of some people that they prayed for for a long time, people that they were ministering to, like Philip did with Nathaniel, reaching out to them, and over a period of time, God revealed himself and changed the lives of others. Take a look at this. Hey everybody, I'm Scott. I'm here to give you a little encouragement to never give up. I met Christ at a Young Life camp back in 1984. I was 14 and I had an older brother two years older than me. I started talking to him about God back then and conversations were uh, difficult, they are awkward and didn't occur real often, um, but they went on for years and, and finally about six years ago he was in a rough patch in life and opened up and uh, we started talking more. He accepted Christ and uh, now things are great. We pray for each other. Um, he's serious about his faith. He's growing and so I just tell you never give up. Don't give up on God. Never give up on the people you're praying for. God will move eventually and wear your masks and stay safe. Hi, I'm Steve. And I want to tell you a story about a sales representative that I did business with at work. And at one point in time, uh, she felt comfortable enough to confide that she was looking for something more in her spiritual life. She knew, knew who Jesus was, but just felt like she needed a closer relationship. And so I took the opportunity and invited her to our church, even though she lived some distance out of town. So not only did she end up coming, but she brought her husband as well. They're both involved in ministries at the church. She went on a missions trip with the GO team overseas and she was baptized. So make the most of those little opportunities regardless of the season that we're in and uh, people's lives can change. 
Hey, my name's Derek, and I want to tell you about a story um, about my brother. Um, years ago, as I continued to grow spiritually, I wanted to, to uh, give that gift um, uh, to some of those that I love. And uh, I started praying for my brother, and um, I kept praying for years. And finally, he was struggling through a, a second divorce. And during the time, he reached out and, and accepted an offer to, to join a men's Bible study. And we did it uh, over the phone. Uh, we were in different cities and states. Uh, the guys in the group, and um, it was a long study, about three years. And after the second year, um, he offered up that he wanted to give his life to Christ. And I just want you to know that uh, continue praying for those. Um, and here's my brother today. Isn't that awesome? Even when we don't see it, God is working, and He challenges us, the church, to continue to pray, continue to reach out. We'd love to hear your stories. Uh, we just updated uh, a page on our website, allshores.org stories, and you can upload your own video. Tell us your story of someone that you have prayed for, or maybe just your personal story of how others have been praying for you for years and when you came to know Christ. Or you can go on uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, I know you have Messenger. Make a little video and post it. Send it to us through Facebook Messenger. Those are two ways that you can do this. But we want the stories to continue. And one of the ways that we, uh, we highlight uh, how we pray for people here at All Shores is we use what's called a Frank list. It's a friend, relative, acquaintance, neighbor, and colleague. These are people that you are praying for. And I want to encourage you. Get out a piece of paper or use your smartphone. Create a list and every day simply pray for these people that they would come to know Christ. Maybe you have a shorter list of those unchurched that you scored yourself earlier. Maybe it's only three people, but who are those three? Maybe you have more than 30. Write some of those names down and begin to not only pray for them, to connect with them. I don't know if the, you heard in the testimonies but all three of those testimonies we heard were people that were reaching out to others who were not in proximity. They were people who lived in another state, doing Bible studies over the phone, connecting through email or maybe chat. Those are things we can do even in this season. Reach out to these people. Bless them. Send them scripture. But every day, pray. Because here's what's happening. Even when you're not talking with them, when they're sitting alone, God is working in their lives. There is something that God is doing under their fig tree. And eventually they will come. They will come to know Christ and maybe you can be a part of that journey. Turn to someone next to you if you're sitting at home uh, and tell them, who's on your Frank list? Maybe in the chat. I wouldn't put last names, but maybe in the chat. Tell us the names of individuals that you are praying for. And do one more favor for us. On that Frank list, you can go on our Connect card, the same place we keep asking people to go to, but there is a comment section there. You can give us your name, what campus you're a part of, and then give us your Frank list. We want to add it to the names that we are praying for. Put that in the, put that in the comment section and, and submit that so that we can have more people we can be praying for. People, there is something good that can come out of this pandemic because even though our lives have stopped in many ways being normal, there is something more that God is doing behind the scenes. And we don't want to miss that. 
even when we don't see it, he is working. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you, keep praying, keep asking, keep inviting people to come and discover who Jesus is. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that in the midst of the surprise of this pandemic, Lord, as we've already prayed, you, you are not surprised. Lord, you don't cause this to take place, but you certainly make the most of every opportunity and call us to do the same. I pray that you would stir us to reach out to all of the unchurched, the thousands that are in our community, that we as the church would not normalize or become numb to the unchurched, but Lord, that you would give us a heart that breaks for others just like yours does. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.